You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you're a 415er, you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415, hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast, as always on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Coming at you twice a week here in the offseason, that is Mark Grandy. I am Evan Giddings. We're going to get into a lot today that John Lynch discussed. Was supposed to be talking about the NFL draft and got into <laughs> everything but that, it seemed, Mark. Uh, we're going to discuss, of course, the biggest news going down in the NFL that revolves around a notable quarterback. But before we do, how are you? I'm doing well, Evan. Yeah, there was a, a major trade involving a quarterback in the NFL, but it was not a Niner quarterback. So we'll get into that. <laughs> Maybe a Niner quarterback trade is coming up. Uh, we'll get into that, of course. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing well, Evan. Uh, busy, busy time of the year uh, for you and me. I know we've got a lot going on. It's draft week, finally. Looking forward uh, to Thursday, even though the Niners very likely will not be making a draft selection on Thursday. It's still fun um, to, to figure out and, and see where the surprises are and, and how everything works out. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm doing well overall. How are you? Yeah, everything's been good. I'm looking forward to uh, getting out of town towards the end of the week. So after mm. we're finishing up our episodes, looking forward to heading south for some sunshine. And uh, looking forward to digging into these quarterback discussions, both with the 49ers and outside, because, look, I, I think this is kind of the the direction we want to take the podcast at the behest of John Lynch, because he was available as we're recording this on Monday, hearing this on Tuesday for public availability, media conference to discuss the upcoming NFL draft. Uh, but of course the 49ers don't have a pick until number 99. And and this was honestly something we've been sort of wrestling with Mark. It's like, well, how much draft talk do we do? How much discussion do we get in about certain positions and, and topics surrounding the 49ers? And really everything seems to swirl around not only the quarterback room, but the potential moving of a quarterback in Trey Lance. And so of course, all of the questions for John Lynch, as he was asked, were about different players on his team and pretty much nothing to do with the NFL draft and selections themselves. So first, if we're starting with Trey Lance, you know, John Lynch spoke on it as far as the trade market is concerned, said, quote, there's a lot of smoke, really. It hasn't been really active, uh, hasn't been that substa- uh, substantive. And we and he are focused on his ability to compete and play an integral role on this team. He expects Trey to be there essentially saying they are not shopping him actively. But he did mention, Mark, that they have taken phone calls and that kind of as as we've discussed over the podcast the last couple of weeks, it, he wouldn't be doing his job if he wasn't taking those calls. But he's been in constant communication with Trey Lance about everything that's going on. Trey Lance has been briefed. We've now been briefed. What did you make of it? Um, I... I took away from from this John Lynch, you know, he answered, oh, I don't know, almost 10 questions about Trey Lance and about his quarterback room. Uh, I took away that he's available for the right price. No one has met the price yet. Um, this did not seem like a guy in John Lynch who uh, has an asset in Trey Lance that he does not want to move. This seems like if the price is right, 
yeah, you can get him. And, you know, it's just, it's just a question of whether someone is going to meet that price. Uh, you mentioned, he said, I expect Trey to be here. The question, you know, straight up was, is it accurate to say that your expectation is that Trey Lance will be on the roster throughout the 2023 season? And he said, quote, yeah, absolutely. I expect Trey to be here and we're excited about Trey's ability to compete and what he can do for our franchise, just as we were when we drafted Trey. Okay. Maybe you're telling the truth. I, I call a little bit of BS there. You do not feel the same exact way today. We record this Monday, April 24th. That's when John Lynch said it, as when you drafted him just about two full years ago now in you know late April 2021. There is zero chance you feel the same exact way. And John Lynch, you're probably telling the truth when you say, quote, I expect Trey to be here. Yes, you probably do expect that because you're probably asking for too much in return that other teams might not be willing to give you. But the key word here is expect. He's used that before in the past regarding other players, other situations. Expect has nothing to do with intention. It does not mean that he's guaranteeing Trey Lance is a 49er. All he's saying is, if I had to pick a side right now, I would probably pick the side that Trey Lance is still a 49er. But if he was dead set on Trey Lance being a 49er for 2023 and beyond, Evan, he would not just come out and say, I expect it. He would say, Trey Lance will be on our roster. He would come out and say something definitive. Because it's not 100% definitive, Evan, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it seems to me that the Niners still have Trey Lance available for the right price. No, I don't think that's an unfair conclusion to come to at all, especially because later on in his comments, as we'll talk about in just a little bit, he did refer to another franchise cornerstone on his team, and he was pretty definitive in how he defined his future with the 49ers. So I'll leave that there for a second. I think I think you're spot on. I think that the price that the 49ers want has not been met, or I would imagine approached. Otherwise, there might be some... I would say out that John Lynch would perhaps give himself, uh, which he did not do and could be potentially turned back on him in, in the future. I don't think that they're speaking their minds about Trey Lance. I also think that again, if you're trying to keep a guy's value at a certain floor, then you're going to talk about him as if he's a valued member of your organization. You're not going to come out and say, we don't really know. You know, he mentioned the fact that they have a great quarterback room he also referenced multiple times that Brock Purdy is at the head of the table when it comes to that quarterback room. I still do not believe the 49ers move off of Trey Lance this offseason or do not trade him at the NFL draft. And the reason is because I don't think that price that you're referring to that John Lynch is not going to come out and say publicly is going to be met. And I just think it's a situation where you're kind of stuck or Trey Lance is stuck a little bit in between being a guy that at Brock Purdy's best is not going to play, but also isn't good enough to warrant something back for the 49ers to move off of him. And there was another quarterback that was traded today that offered kind of, I think an insight to perhaps what maybe a quarterback market could become. Um, I don't think personally Trey Lance right now comes anywhere close to that. And that is going to be the reason why he's still in San Francisco combined with the fact that again, Brock Purdy by all accounts 
is looking great. He's progressing nicely. Six more weeks until he can start throwing the football. But if something goes wrong, you need to have a contingency plan. And I think Trey Lance is naturally part of that, whether folks like it or not. Yeah, I I, I think you might be on to something. One thing that um, I've been thinking about a lot recently, I know I have been of the mind that I think Trey Lance gets traded. And you and I both agree that it seems likely if it were to happen that it would be on or around the draft whether it's day one day two whatever just because the Niners are without you know picks in the first two rounds it would make sense that they would maybe try to move off of an asset to get some more assets in this upcoming draft but the reality is as I think about it a little bit more and this is a point you've brought up a number of times Evan um the Niners may need Trey Lance as an insurance policy if things go wrong with Brock Purdy. So it might not be in the team's best interest to make a decision, you know, meaning a trade on Trey Lance. Now, when the reality of Brock Purdy's elbow is still up in the air. Um, so maybe the 49ers end up trading Trey Lance later on in the offseason, potentially once they get an answer on Brock Purdy's elbow. Maybe that means they're they're getting future, you know, picks back, not you know, not ones for the 2023 NFL draft. But then it got me thinking, okay, at what point do does Trey Lance and his camp ask for a trade? Because if I'm Trey Lance, I am not sure I want to be in San Francisco to begin with. But if you're telling me that I am either going to go into this season with the San Francisco 49ers as maybe a spot starter for an injured Brock Purdy, but potentially a third stringer behind Brock Purdy and the guy you just signed off the street who has really struggled as a starter in his career, or I'm going to be traded, say, in July or August, once the Niners have an idea of Brock Purdy's return. I mean, to me, those are two terrible options. At what point, if I'm Trey Lance and his entire camp, do I just come up to the 49ers and say, hey, get me out of here. This is just a, a losing situation for me. I wish it worked out better. I'm sorry, but you cannot tell me I'm going to be potentially a third string quarterback or you're going to trade me a month before the season starts and I'm going to be in a lose-lose situation somewhere else where I don't know the scheme and I don't know the situation. It just does not seem like this is a spot where Trey Lance should want to be. Now, maybe he's just a, a better man than I, and, and he'll tough it out, and he'll try to make things work. But the more I think about it, Evan, the timing on this for the two sides just kind of clash. And and I don't know if, if we're headed for, you know, potentially Trey Lance asking for a trade. No, I, I think that's probably the next step, especially if Brock Beck comes back and looks healthy. Um, I think that's that's definitely a possibility. And so maybe, you know, a, a draft day, especially one draft day or the, the second draft day looks to be the time in which you'd have to move Lance. And I, one thing that I have kind of been trying to trying to wrestle with when it comes to Trey and I, I'm with you, like if I was him, I would I would kind of want out if it doesn't look like I'm going to get a chance to play and I'm coming up on, you know, my first deal essentially and i'm not looking like i'm gonna get a chance to prove myself to the team that drafted me and traded for me or a potential other suitor but trey lance has no leverage like even if he wanted to trade if unless the 49ers want to deal him 
again, I, I just think he's stuck. Like he's not in a position of a bargaining power to go to them and say, Hey, you know what? You're not going to use me. Get me out of here. They'll say, okay, well, that's not going to happen because we may in fact actually need you at one point, depending on if Brock Purdy gets hurt. If maybe Brock Purdy isn't what the, you know, the quarterback he was last year, maybe Sam Darnold reverts back to being 2021 Sam Darnold. I don't know. Like there is an avenue I think for Trey Lance to play this year, although it's not looking like a good one. And so I don't see where the Niners would move off of him at his behest. If him, if him go, he's, he's going to them and saying, dude, I, 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 I'm sorry. I need a trade or his agent walks to the 49ers and says, we got to get out of here. The 49ers have every single chip to play as far as I'm sorry, you are not worth anything to be dealt. You got to sit and hope that you get a chance to play. Yeah, just because he asks for a trade doesn't mean the Niners have to grant that wish. I will say, generally speaking, and I know you're going to come back at me with the Debo Samuel trade request last year. I think that was more a negotiating tactic than anything else. Um, but the if, Niners... If Trey Lance is a first-team All-Pro this year, <laughs> then yes, he can ask for a trade next year. Yeah, and I, I know what you're saying, but I'm talking, I think the Niners generally, and maybe this is a bias of mine, but the Niners organization generally does right by their players. It, it does generally seem that way. I mean, what, Jeff Wilson Jr., when he was... Uh, the Niners starting running back after some injuries this most recent season. And then the team acquired Christian McCaffrey. Of course, the Niners got something back for Jeff Wilson Jr. They didn't just gift him to the Miami Dolphins, but they thought, hey, Jeff, we're going to send you to an organization that's unfamiliar to you, but full of players and people that are familiar to you. And you're going to have a chance to get a lot of carries. You're not going to have those chances here. Generally, this is an organization, I think, that takes their players' wishes into account. Now, you're right. Just because Trey Lance asks for a trade doesn't mean the Niners are going to grant his every wish. And it's definitely a little different at the quarterback position than the running back position. But something that John Lynch also said uh, on Monday, he was asked about uh, – you know, his conversations with Trey Lance, like what have you said to Trey Lance while all these trade rumors swirl? He brought up a conversation he had with Mike McGlinchey this most recent season when he said, hey, Mike, given the construction of our roster right now, how much money you're going to command on the open market, it seems unlikely we're going to be able to re-sign you when your contract ends. So, Mike, we're going to look into potentially trading you to see if before your contract expires, we can move on from you. He said he likes to be transparent. He likes his players to know when there are calls being made about them. And then he said he's had that conversation with Trey Lance. Again, nothing definite. It's not like the Niners are out there calling every single team in the NFL, begging them to acquire Trey Lance. But he's made it known as well to Trey Lance that these conversations are happening. At least the calls are being made to the 49ers. So you're right. Just because Trey Lance asks for a trade doesn't mean that the Niners are going to grant him his wish. All I will say is I think the 49ers generally take into account their players' desires, maybe a little bit more than the average NFL team does, but uh, the quarterback position is probably a little bit different. Niners are more likely to do what benefits them as opposed to what benefits one of their quarterbacks because that position, of course, is just so important. Yeah, and before we move on quickly, I do think that the Jeff Wilson Jr. example is interesting. 
I also know that after Elijah Mitchell went down shortly after, even with the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey, I think the 49ers might have wanted to still have Jeff Wilson Jr. at some Maybe. point that season. And it didn't you know, play a, a factoring role in the outcome of their year. They're very good, but maybe there's a situation where Kyle Shannon's like, ah, you know, maybe if we had that extra back, we'd be able to do this. Or, you know, if we had that extra quarterback here, we'd be able to do this. I do think the finale of last season plays into this a lot. Maybe I'm making more of it than I should, but I just feel like the added depth of maybe not completely trusted, but quality quarterback play is something that cannot go overlooked by the front office or the coaching staff just because they were left in a position where they had none last year. So something to keep an eye on. 415ers podcast is always brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 95.7 The Game. That is Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. Please follow us on social at 415ers. Please download, rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast from. Well, the other big name, Mark, that was floated in kind of trade circles because of, I would say, the player's own you know, kind of forwarding of his name was Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> and, you know, there are some decisions in which we've talked about that the Niners will have to make coming up in 2024, which is when Debo Samuel's big money kicks into his deal, making officially over $20 million. Brandon Ayuk has a contract extension decision to be made, which would probably put him in the $14, $15 million range for 2024. And so John Lynch was, you know, kind of asked about this as far as BA is concerned. He did not reference anything about a potential extension of that fifth year, uh, but he did have a couple of quotes basically saying, quote, we're trying to do something special this season. Brandon's going to be a big part of it and beyond as well. We're really excited about Brandon. He took a big step last year. Best is yet to come. That was the big quote drawn from John Lynch today as far as it pertains to Brandon Ayuk. Um, so maybe that changes how you feel about the way you talked about Trey Lance. Uh, but by all accounts, Mark, it seems like Brandon Ayuk is a big part of this future. Uh, it seems like it. I do want to say one thing. Um, I've already seen some of this. I'm sure there will be more tomorrow. Be aware uh, when you're looking up Brandon Ayuk, you're, you're searching on Google, you see a, a quote pop up on Twitter. Be aware that people are already misquoting this. You you mentioned a couple of important words at the end of, of a sentence there. The quote is, you can't keep everyone or trying to do something special this year, and Brandon is going to be a big part of that and beyond as well. I have seen people already cutting off the quote at the end of, is going to be a big part of that, and not including the and beyond as well. That's a really important part of this quote from John Lynch. So I just wanted to put that out there. Be careful um, where you're, you're getting these quotes from, because some people are not including the full quote, but still, this is really interesting to me, Evan, because I get the sense of the Niners pushing all of their chips into, into the middle of the table. Again, the quote, you can't keep everyone. We're trying to do something special this year, this year. And, and, you know, then he goes on to say, Ayuk's going to be a big part of that and beyond as well. Okay, let's take him at his word. Let's take him that he truly believes and wants and expects and plans to have Brandon Ayuk around for more than just this coming season. But if we can read between the lines here, Evan, we're trying to do something special, quote, this year. And then we'll figure out the rest later on. That's what it seems like to me. The Niners are going all in to try to win a Super Bowl in the 2023-2024 postseason. And then 
We'll deal with the consequences after that. There are changes. There are shakeups coming. He started that quote by, you can't keep everyone, but we're trying to do something this year. Maybe Brandon Ayuk is not that change. Maybe it's Debo Samuel. Maybe it's someone we're not considering yet. But I think this line from John Lynch, Evan, just reinforces that this is the 49ers' best chance this coming season because after this year, big decisions have to be made. There is not enough room to keep everyone. This year, they will likely have everyone. After that, it's not a guarantee. I think that line from John Lynch reinforces that, which we've been talking about all offseason. Yeah, I think it sets up a theme that often teams that are competing and competing with the same roster and rolling it over year to year and pushing some contracts that are originally front-loaded, restructuring to become back-loaded, these franchises run into these inflection points. I don't want to go as far as to say, because in football, it's kind of hard to call something a last dance, so to speak. But I do think that John Lynch is sending a message to everyone, Brandon Ayuk included, even though he referenced him wanting in you know, beyond this year, there's tryouts. Everybody's spot is open. This upcoming year is going to determine, like you said, the future of the 49ers organization at the quarterback position, the wide receiver position, running backs, tight ends, offensive. Everyone is potentially on the chopping block after this year. Now, that doesn't mean that some guys and their contracts are going to be up. They're going to be moved. They're going to be shipped. But there's going to be a much clearer lane or or path for the San Francisco 49ers at the end of this season. And Brennan Ayuk is perhaps maybe the one that we're focusing on now because he has the most immediate decision to be made outside of Nick Bosa. But I think John Lynch wants Brennan Ayuk to be a part of his future. And based on his last year, a thousand yards, eight touchdowns was the best wideout for the 49ers. Hope he can step up and get better. But I think he's looking around at the John Lynch is looking around at the rest of his guys and saying, all right, this year we got open tryouts. Everything beyond this year is a question mark. And we are going to try only this year to win the Super Bowl. Anything beyond that, I can't comment on. Yeah, I know. And, and he would continue talking about Ayuk saying, yes, you always have to think out a few years ahead, but we're really excited about Brandon. You you mentioned this part. I feel like he made another big step last year. The best is yet to come. Uh, so he knows, and of course, I mean, he's a general manager of a National Football League team. He knows that you plan out years in advance. The Niners aren't going into this offseason unsure of what next offseason brings them. They know the decisions that they are going to have to make a year from now, two years from now, potentially even three years from now. They have it all plotted out ahead of time. Uh, so this is not sneaking up on them. It's something that they have already thought about. They probably already have an answer. If that day were today, if the answer was due now, they probably already know what their answer would be. Now, things can change in a whole calendar year, of course. It's a, a lot of time for a lot of things that could potentially happen. Uh, but they're ready for this conversation and, and this decision. Um, again, we talk a, a lot of it about, is it Ayuk or is it Debo? It, it could be, you know, something somewhere else. I mean, uh, a couple off seasons ago, the Niners did something that no one expected. They traded DeForest Buckner. Like it, it could be something that we're not even considering 
that could free up some money. And I know that move has largely been a bad one because the replacement Javon Kinlaw has just unable to, you know, be healthy and, and play many games in his career so far. Uh, but the Niners could be eyeing a move similar to that, not necessarily, you know, coming from the defensive line. I'm not suggesting that, but just one coming a little out of left field that we weren't really expecting. We expect it to be move on from a wide receiver, you know, pick whoever you want, but you're not going to be able to keep them both. Maybe there is another, but regardless of what their answer is to this impending problem money-wise, Evan, they are already considering it now. So John Lynch is, is not telling us that, of course, but they're already considering it. They know how it's going to affect them next year. And I think the fact that he said, you know, Brandon Ayuk is going to be a big part of that this year and beyond as well, it it might give me a little bit of confidence that they're leaning towards keeping Brandon Ayuk around, saying goodbye to someone else, hint, hint, maybe Debo. When And I know that's something you and I have talked about, and that's probably right now the right move considering the construction of their roster. It seems to make the most sense. So I, I think we are headed down a path towards that decision ultimately. Yeah. And even though the 49ers have a lot of dollars built up into certain guys, there are ways that they can kind of dig themselves out of it. And, you know, maybe it's not Debo Samuel. I think the first potential out in his contract is in 2025, but I'm not saying that I believe these guys are not going to be on the team after next season, but a guy like George Kittle has an opt-out at the end of 2024. Fred Warner has a 2024 opt-out. Like That's where the 49ers might be able to get unexpectedly creative. I mean, Eric Armstead had an, had an opt-out at the beginning, or pardon me, the end of this last season. They restructured his deal so that he was able to get his dollars. The team was able to fit him in. And of course, they're figuring out how they're going to allot money for Nick Bosa. Some of those, basically the way that this season plays out can not only affect Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, but a lot of guys and a lot of mainstays and beloved 49ers uh, in ways that we really don't have an idea of yet. So no, I, I think the comments, even though they're about Brandon Ayuk specifically, are, are really about, like you said, the future of this team beyond this year, because right now it's pretty cloudy. Uh, the other guy that of course he mentioned in, in trades was Nick Bosa <laughs> and uh, basically shut that down immediately. Uh, the hotline is closed quote from John Lynch. And I'm not surprised mm. he's going to get paid. He's on all likelihood going to get paid at, towards the tail end of this preseason. He says, you know, we got a pretty good track record of getting deals done. He's not lying. They reward guys when they should be. Nick Bosa is coming off his best season as a pro. Might even have more in the tank next year. Who knows? But Mark, as I was talking about earlier with the way that you discuss your franchise cornerstone players, that is how you talk about them. And of course, Nick Bosa has proved it, has earned it. A guy like Trey Lance has not. But we've seen John Lynch speak more in that Nick Bosa type of quote with a guy like Brock Purdy as opposed to the guy that's been in trade circles and rumors like Trey Lance. You're 100% right. Um, again, what John Lynch said about Nick Bosa on Monday, April 24th, not a problem. It's what you say about your great players. That hotline's closed. In fact, it was never even opened. Okay, let's rewind a month. March 27th, 2023, at the NFL owners meeting, John Lynch asked about potential trades 
for Trey Lance. What did he say? Quote, we like Trey right now on our team right now. We always joke, Kyle and I, we'd trade each other if someone gave us a good enough deal. The, the implication there, essentially, everyone has a price. That is how he answered a question about a trade for the quarterback he took three overall, third overall pick just two years ago. And he's asked about Nick Bosa, potential signing an extension this offseason. He says, uh, or he asked about the extension and then asked about potential availabilities. Is Nick Bo- Has anyone called about Nick Bosa? And he says, yeah, that hotline's closed. It never even opened. So you're right. There is a stark dichotomy uh, about how the 49ers have addressed Nick Bosa and how they've addressed Trey Lance. And again, it's it's not a bad thing. There should be a difference because, as you mentioned, Nick Bosa has proven to be an all-pro already in his short time in the league. Trey Lance has proven absolutely nothing so far, really through no fault of his own, just unfortunate circumstances, but he's proven nothing. There is no reason to be upset with John Lynch for how he's addressing Nick Bosa and how he's addressing Trey Lance. But, but where you can be frustrated with the 49ers and their handling of this, you don't get to say that about Trey Lance, that everyone has a price and that we are taking calls and say, yeah, but nothing's changed since we drafted him. Like you don't get to say those two things. That's where I have an issue. You can call Nick Bosa your franchise cornerstone, and you can say Trey Lance, eh. But you also cannot, in the same breath, say we still feel the same about him now as we did two years ago. Well said. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. As always, that is Mark Randy. Please follow him on social at Mark Randy. Mark with a C, Randy with an I. I'm Evan Giddings. Follow me on social at eGiddings10. Well, the big quarterback news of the day as we're recording this on Monday, April the 24th, is Aaron Rodgers has been traded to the New York Jets. And let me say this, Mark. Thank God. All right, finally, this thing is over. Uh, we, we can get into the details. I think Adam yeah. Schefter reported uh, first-round pick swap here in this upcoming draft, a second-round pick in this draft, uh, a sixth is involved, and then a conditional second that could pr- pretty easily turn into a first in next year's draft. So uh, essentially a first, a second, um, and a late-round pick for, for Aaron Rodgers going from Green Bay to New York. I'm just glad it's over with. I, I mean, whether you think it's a adequate haul, whether you think it's you know not enough for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, uh, I'm I'm glad. Number one, he's out of the NFC, uh, so I don't have to think about him much anymore and all of his offseason workings and you know m- majestic references and everything that he's involved in. Uh, number two, I'm glad he's going to a city that will hold him accountable for every single dumbass remark that he makes in the future and that is new york city so he's going to be in gotham he's going to be with the jets and he's not likelihood going to have an early playoff exit if they even get there because the afc is stacked uh yeah where do you think the jets finish in the afc east that is quite the division now because you got buffalo miami i think most people expect both those teams to be playoff teams and then you have the jets and the patriots the patriots might finish last in that division as well as it sounds I this might be a hot take, but I think the Jets are going to finish last. Okay, I mean they have a ton of talent outside of the quarterback position. I they agree do. with you that we really—I I mean, I personally don't 
know how confident I feel about Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what he has left after how bad he was this most recent year. But, I mean, even with pretty abysmal quarterback play last year, they were competitive and they were vying for a playoff spot late in the year. And they should be better considering most of their good players were very young and, and should continue to get better. I, I think the Patriots are almost a lock to finish last, last in that division. I'd be surprised if they don't. This is 100% my belief in New England and my disbelief in the franchise that is the New York Jets. It has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with football and X's and O's. You're 100% right. Everything about the Jets, look, they're going to get their running back, who was a high draft pick a couple of years ago. They're going to get him back. Garrett Wilson's coming mm. off a magnificent rookie campaign. Brees He's got Hall. a real quarterback now. Brees Hall, thank you very much. Shout out Iowa State and Brock Purdy. Uh, they have a great defense. They have a you know, a really smart head coach. Of course, everyone knows about Robert Sala from San Francisco. I just think that the New York Jets are one of those franchises that would make this kind of move, that would give up whatever they did to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, quietly wasn't really good that last year, and now are just going to flame out spectacularly. That is more so what I'm betting on than Aaron Rodgers being a good quarterback. Oh, or yeah, a bad I quarterback. I don't, I don't blame you for that. That's fair. Uh, the other thought I had, again, I really don't care about Aaron Rodgers that much, so my thoughts are, are really elsewhere. Um is Jordan Love a top 10 quarterback in the NFC? What do you think? Because there aren't very many options. No, that that's that's a good question. And did I say Bryce Young? I meant Jordan Love. No, did no, I say no. Jordan Love? Yeah, no, you said you said Jordan Love. Okay, I don't know where no, my mind is. Actually, going. I had a question written down of where is Brock Purdy now fit in the NFC? <laughs> because I don't think Aaron Rodgers was better than him over the last eight weeks of the regular season, but there's one less quarterback in the NFC now, and outside of Jalen Hurts, it's pretty much a free-for-all. Uh, who's the best quarterback in the NFC North now? Jared Goff? It's got to be, Unequivocally. Right? Over, over Kirk Cousins, huh? Kirk Cousins stinks. <laughs> no, there you go. You said it. Let's go. No, he's he doesn't stink. He's he's fine. <laughs> I mean, Kyle Shanahan wants him, right? So, wants him more oh, yeah. than Trey Lance. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's hasn't doesn't have a great track record with his quarterbacks i mean let's be honest at this point the so. ones that play do i mean no this the, we're opening up a can of worms now is what's going on relative to what the rest of the league thinks about them i feel like he's done a pretty good job true but, but identifying talented oh, quarterbacks. oh yeah, yeah well but i mean okay kirk cousins doesn't really count as identity like he's already there's a body of work to kind of go off of there fair enough but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think if Kyle Shanahan could have Kirk Cousins for the price of Brock Purdy, he might be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. Who knows? He probably would be. Uh, the oh man, I don't know how I'd feel about that. I, I don't want to experience that. I, I'd rather the go Jimmy out with G experience 2.0 one armed Brock Purdy. Give me that, please. Yeah, they have Brock Purdy throw left handed, uh, one legged instead of Kirk Cousins. If you're Mark Grandy, this guy, by the way, by the way, <laughs> did you see Brock Purdy at the Giants game last week? Uh, no, but my, my little brother was at the game and he was actually sitting in the same section as Brock Purdy behind wow. him. And so when Brock Purdy got up and did the wave strategically with his right, right arm, arm, uh, yeah, my brother was saying everybody went crazy and it was like an absolute bonanza. And I'm I'm definitely reading into just a simple wave way more than I should, but eh, I don't know. That elbow looked pretty good. Did you see that full range of motion, Mark? <laughs> I mean, 102% ROM. <laughs> no, I uh. I mean it, it was pretty cool, and but I I think it it reflects more on uh 
like I, I was surprised that he got a standing O number one, and then they they threw him on the big board and shouted him out. So that that was pretty neat. Uh, I don't I don't know if Trey Lance gets the standing O because I think he went to. I know the Giants are a little bit different than the Warriors, but I think Trey Lance was at a Warriors home game in the regular season. And, you know, they threw him up on the big board and there was a, hey, Trey Lance in the building. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hey, what's up and how's it going? He was wearing an Oracle Legend shirt, which was pretty cool. Shout out yeah. to the other side of the bay. Uh, but if that's Brock Purdy, ooh, I don't know. Might have 20,000 rocking. Maybe. Uh, rocking. I've got I've got one final thing. We're kind of just jumping around to a bunch of different things here before we that's do say fun. bye. Uh, I, I know we talked about this off air uh, a little bit earlier, um, but I wanted to bring this up because it's just such a great quote. What uh, Steve Keim recently said, Nick Bosa told them during their draft process. Yeah. You remember this? Uh, Steve Keim, the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, the old general manager, not anymore. Uh, when they drafted Kyler Murray, they had the number one pick that year. Nick Bosa was a prospect as well. The Niners ended up getting him, of course. Uh, he told the story Steve Kime did where he, they went out to dinner. He and Cliff Kingsbury, then the head coach of the Cardinals with Nick Bosa before the draft. And at the end of the dinner, Nick Bosa kind of pulls them aside and says, quote, I think you guys are probably going to end up taking that little quarterback. He's talking about Kyler Murray. And he says, and if you do, and if you do, Steve, I will haunt you for the rest of your career. Talk about just a mic drop line. I can't believe that wasn't enough to get the Cardinals to draft him. My goodness, what a line from Nick Bosa. Well, he also followed through because Kime is no longer the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, so he oh. literally haunted him for his entire career in Arizona. <laughs> he did. He he, he kept, uh, kept to his promise. Appreciate it, Nick Bosa. And he's going to continue to haunt the Cardinals should he stay healthy. We certainly hope so. Uh, we hope that you'll tune into our next episode of the 415ers. That'll be coming to you on draft day, Thursday, NFL draft. I know we didn't get into a ton, but we talked about it off the top and the reason why. Of course, John Lynch, shout out to you for uh, giving us some material today, some content that we always appreciate on the 415ers. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode. That is Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. We'll talk to you on Thursday for our second episode this week. As always, we're brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll talk to you next time.